Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. September 11th, 2016. Hey, what is up, Foundations Church? September is in full swing. Fall is just around the corner. My name is Bobby, and it's time to find out what's happening right now at Foundations Church. Yeah! All right. I've got a frozen lasagna in the oven, so I'm going to be quick. Saturday, October 1st, is the man breakfast. You might have mistaken what I said for men's breakfast, which is code for runny eggs and a dry sermon way too early in the morning, but you'd have been wrong. No, sir. Show up at 8 a.m. sharp and particularly in a ridiculoso smorgasbordo in which we will literally serve you all the bacon and eggs we have. Okay, after that, Sunday, October 2nd, is Sunday Fun Day. That's right. Here at FC, we love carnivals. Like, love them. So, get ready for something almost a little just like the fair, but without spending inordinate amounts of money to walk too far and be way too close to people you don't know. That's right. We're not about rubbing elbows here at Foundations Church. We've got room. We've got bubbles. We've also got Josh's snow shack, inflatables, pony rides, a petting zoo, face painting, carnival barkers. Rumor even has it that little Sebastian will be there. Yes, that's right. Little Sebastian. The best part, it's all free. So grab your friends and bring them to church, and let's party like it's 1899. Excellent, that's it. Without further ado, it is my privilege to introduce you to the good reverend. Hey, uh, welcome to Foundation Churches. This is your first time. We are so glad that you are with us today. Um, And we are in a series called Facebook Theology. And what this is all about is simply we're taking a few weeks, the month of September, to talk about everything you've heard on Facebook isn't true. Some of you are still in shock. You're so quiet. Um, Everything you read on the internet isn't true. Just because it's a meme doesn't make it so. Um, Just because it rhymes doesn't mean it came from a pastor. Um, Just um, if if it rhymes, you're like, it must be true. You know, if it rhymes, um, it only makes sense. Um, And so we're talking about some things that we just have believed that just aren't true. They're just not not, they're not, it's not real. It's not real. Um, like Y2K, it's not real. Um, so, um, as we get going today, I, I want to talk to you today, and I, I'm going to be just real honest about it. Today, we're going to talk about money. Did you feel the uncomfort? Just come right into the room. Everybody's like, oh man, the offering buckets have already been passed. Um, and here's a good thing. Um, as, I'm, as I'm getting ready to talk about money, I'm not talking about tithing. Ha, ah, we're not going into a building campaign. Yes, you know, you're like, okay, okay, I'm good. Because he, he talked about emptying our savings account earlier in offering time. Um, so, so I was waiting for it. Um, but, but let me say this before we get into it. Um, I'm very unapologetic about talking about money because it's a major part of our life, guys. It's, it's a big 
part of our life. And if we're not living that out scripturally like we're supposed to, it's always going to be dysfunctional. And I'm not talking about tithing, but I will say this. Two things real quick. You can't give God. That's absolutely true. And if you're not tithing, you need to tithe because here's why. It's all in the Bible, absolutely, and we'll talk about this. But tithing is a starting point, not the finishing point. And I, I'm just telling you, God blesses what he possesses. However, with that all being said, it's a whole sermon I can go, but I'm not going to go, even though I want to. Um, but, because giving's a heart thing, not a money thing. Anyways, stop it. Um, we have uh, uh, come to this place where we use a, a Christian phrase. It's almost like Christianese. Um, and and we, we use a phrase called blessed, right? And, and we put it on the back of our nice cars and we hashtag hash brown, blessed life, you know? And we're like, there it is. That's, 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 a, that's one blessed life. They drive, I don't think anybody here drives a Maserati, so I'll say Maserati. They have a Maserati, so they're living the hash brown, blessed life. Pound. Hashtag. I love what Michael said last week. For all the old people, it's a pound sign. Um, <laughs> but, but here's the deal. As we, we, you know, we, we see people at Grand Lake who have one yacht, two yachts, three yachts, and it's blessed one, blessed two, blessed three, and we're like, man, they have a blessed life. And, and we think all this stuff means that we're blessed. In fact, if we want to get caught up in the blessed life, there are, are some things that we researched this week about things that say you have, and, and according to Facebook, a hashtag blessed life. The first one would be this, a dead shark for 12 million, one point, hold on, 12 million. It took me a while to believe that it was 12 million. For 12 million dollars, you can buy a dead shark. That's a real shark. Some of you are like, that's kind of cool though. I know it gets kind of cool. I'm not saying it's not cool. But for $12 million, you can have a blessed life dead shark in your house. Second thing is this. You can have a perfect pink diamond ring for $23 million. million $23 million. There's no layaway for this, unfortunately. Um, they don't sell this at Walmart or Kmart. Um, but... You know, you see that jewelry, and we, we look at people's jewelry like, oh, they must be so loved, or the husband's trying to make up for some things. I'm blessed, blessed life, you know, yo, that's a blessed life. If that doesn't work for you, maybe it's not enough bling. There is a gemstone watch that's $25 million. And here's what, what I don't understand. You can't even see the watch. I'm like, what? You, you're like, where, where, what time is it? I can't tell because of all the bling around and they're all glitter and I just can't tell. This was not $25 million. Um, and I can see, you can see it from back in the back row. You know, it's, it's easy. It's like old person's watch. Um, it's fantastic. Um, you can buy a vintage Ferrari for $35 million. Bless life. Man, they're blessed. Look at them. They've got a Ferrari. Old school Ferrari, $35 million. There is a house in India called Antilla for $1 billion. Let me say this. If your house has its own name, bless life. It's true. 
It's in the Bible. In Haggai, because none of you have read Haggai. You didn't even know it's in the Bible. It's there. If you have <laughs> until uh, I'm just playing. Some of you first time are like, is it? What's he saying? Um, this house, this house has, is a 34-story home. 34 stories. It's designed to survive an 8.0 magnitude earthquake, so it would do real well in Oklahoma. Has three helipads and 160 parking spots. Antilla equals blessed life. Last thing is this. You can buy a $4.5 billion yacht. Almost said watch. A yacht. Now, I like boats. Yeah, I'd say it. If you've got a boat, awesome. I think they are the coolest things in the world that you can float and you can go fast on water. I think it is awesome. I like to surf behind boats. I like to ski behind boats. But if you spend $4.5 billion on a boat, just come talk to your pastor before, okay? Let's, let's just have a discussion because you're not tithing yet. I'm just telling you, <laughs> we got to work this thing out. Um, <laughs> woo, glory. Um, but, but here's the deal. And, and this is not a message that if you have nice stuff, you're a bad person. So I, I want us to get that myth out of the way too. If God has allowed you to have nice things, that is awesome. So, so don't feel like, oh man, I'm this horrible person. I don't believe in a poverty gospel either. I don't believe in a prosperity gospel as well. I just believe in the gospel. And we, we've gotten so off kilter. If you have stuff, you have not because you ask not. But you're not using that in the right context. And, and we, we look at different people's lives if they have this nice house, if they drive this nice car, if they dress in the right clothes, if their kids go to the right schools, if they dress in the right clothes, if you have this much in your bank account, then you are blessed. You're, you're, you're blessed. And I think how arrogant of us to sit here and say, well, God has blessed me more than you because he's given me more stuff. What? What, what is that? So, so God likes me more than all the people that have nothing in Africa. He, he's blessed me more. It, the stuff was never meant about that is a blessed life or that's a forsaken life. We, we've gotten it all wrong. And so today I want to talk to you about what, it, what is a blessed life? What's, what's a blessed life look like? And this could be a whole series on its own, but, but today I want to give you two things that, man, this, this is what the blessed life is about. This is why you have been entrusted with so much. All of us have been entrusted. You guys are, you are the 1% of the world. You realize that. You're like in the top, one, the poorest of us is still in the top, top 1% of the world's population in wealth. And so for us to understand what it is to be a blessed, it's not the stuff, we need to understand this. And the first thing is this, is that the giving life is the blessed life. I didn't expect a whole lot of amens on that one. The giving life is 
the blessed life. And, and let me say this. A, a lot of times we get to the place where, where we, we, we try to manipulate God and we say, well, if I give, then he's going to give back. And so we give to get. No, 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 no. You give to give. You give to give. There's, there's, a, there's a blessing in giving. I'm going to go rogue this morning. I'm, I'm going to kind of stay away from my notes a little bit this morning, which could be really dangerous since I'm talking about finances. But, but here's what I would... I would I, you, we, we, we don't give so that God all of a sudden is going to give down, press down, shaking together, running over and spilling over into our laps. No, 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 no. I'll go back. You cannot give God absolutely. But you don't give so God will give you more. You give because he's called us to be givers. That, that's what God has called. And some of us, we are so trapped by not just money, but the stuff it brings. We are so trapped by stuff that we are such a slave to money. And the Bible said this, that Jesus said this, no one can serve two masters. Either you'll love one or hate the other, or you'll love one or you'll hate one and love the other. No one can serve both God and manna, money, manna. Same thing. It's, manna is the love of money. It's not just money, it's the love of money. And some of us, we love money, don't we? We have a culture. Let's be honest, we live in a world that loves money. But here's what, here's what the Apostle Paul said in Acts chapter 20, verse 33 through 35. It says this, I have never coveted anyone's silver or gold or fine clothes. I haven't coveted, I haven't wanted other people's stuff. You know that these hands of mine have worked to supply my own needs and even the, no, the needs of those who were with me. And I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. There's a scriptural reference about us working hard. We're doing a good thing by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. It's what Jesus said. It's not what your pastor said. It's not even what Paul said. He said, remember the, Lord, the words of our, our Savior. Remember the, the words of Jesus. It's more blessed to give than for you to receive. Can I tell you, when, when we get, when, when offering time comes, I, I just use this as an illustration, but when offering time comes, it's my, I, I, I love getting to give because God has blessed me with something to give and there is a joy in that right now Casey and I are at 20 percent of our income giving away and we're we're trying to catch 30 right now we're we're we're, we're trying to give and I don't say that because I, I'm bright but but here's what I've understood there's such a joy in giving that you know why it keeps me from being greedy and some of us, the reason, and I'm just going to be honest, I told you I'm going off my notes. The reason you don't give is because you're greedy. And that hurts. I, I know. But we live in a greedy society and you, one thing's going to win out or the other. You're either going to be a givey, give, a givey person. You're going to be a givey person or a greedy person. 
But here's the deal. You control it. And Jesus is saying, it's not, what you, it's not what you have. It's not what you've received that's the blessing. We've all received plenty. You know, we always, we always say, well, money can buy happiness. But money doesn't buy happiness. Stuff that, I know a lot of miserable rich people. I do. I know a lot of people who make a lot, I mean, a lot of money. They don't give it away. Or I'd be right there, right next to them all the time. Be like, hey. <laughs> but you know what? They have a lot of money and their marriage is broken. The kids can't stand them. They have all the stuff you could want. And yet everything is miserable because more doesn't always mean more. Jesus said, it's more blessed for you to give than to receive. I, I love what is happening in our house. Um, we have three envelopes that we give our girls. We give them a tithe envelope. They've got a, a spend envelope and they've got a savings envelope. And Dave Ramsey would be so proud right now. But um, they, they have their tithe envelope and they're understanding what it means to tithe and to give their tithe and what it means that they need to save. And, and then they have their spending money. And they always love to come and bring the tithe and bring their tithe. And here's the deal. My, the, my girl's tithe does not keep this church afloat, okay? Shocker, I know. So why in the world would I have them learn this if it's not keeping the church. This isn't so I can get something from you guys. This is because I want something for, because they're learning to be givers. And here's what I love. Here's what I love. Is that now when there's somebody that's in need, they want to take money out of their savings and be like, hey, I can, I can do something to that. And they have joy. Nobody's telling them to do it. They have joy in doing it. I remember when we decided to build this building, I shared this story when we were at Memorial High School and, and we were taking up pledges. Um, and I remember my oldest daughter, Charlie, she had this piggy bank and she brought it to me and she said, Dad, I don't know if this will help, but you can have my piggy bank if we can buy the church. And I remember she just, she got it. And Jesus says this, it's, it's more blessed, man. You want to know what the blessed life is? The blessed life is the giving life. In fact, Paul says this to Timothy. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, this is the pastor's letters, the letters to pastors. He's writing this to Timothy because Timothy is pastoring churches and other Titus. And, and, and these are the, the, the pastoral epistles. And 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 through 19, Paul is instructing Timothy, say this, this is what you need to tell your congregation. He says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be, not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. Anybody that works in the oil field right now will say, oh yes. But to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them. This is, this is what we're, I'm supposed to command. Command them. Command us to do good. To be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. And this way they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so they may take hold of the life that is truly life. You want to know what re, our, our true, true blessed life is? It's in being generous. 
It's in the giving life. The giving life is the blessed life. The second thing that is the blessed life is we understand this. Your blessing isn't in your stuff. Your blessing is in his presence. That's really, really good. Your blessing is not, was never meant to be in your stuff. Your stuff was never meant to define you. That's called an idol. Your blessing isn't in your stuff. Your blessing is in his presence. Here's what John said in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 through 17 out of the message. It says this, don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods, it's stuff. Love of the world squeezes out love for the Father, practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from Him. The world and all its wanting, wanting, wanting is on the way out. But whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. All the wanting, man, all, all the, the wanting everything for yourself, wanting your own way, wanting to appear important, it doesn't have anything to do with God. In fact, the Bible says it isolates you from him. It pulls you from, that's not the blessed life. Man, that's pulling you away from him. In fact, it says this in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, 10. It says, whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This too is meaningless. You know what, we, what, what, what has happened is that we have bought in to the myth of more. We, we think that if I have more stuff, then I'm going to be more happy. If I make more money, then everybody's going to think I'm more successful. If I do this, if I, if I have more stuff, then my family is going to be better. And, and more's never brought more happiness. It's never brought, brought us more closer to the Lord. It's just isolated us. It's made us chase after things that you and I were never meant to chase after. Can I tell you, some of us in this place, we have sacrificed relationships for more. We've sacrificed our marriage for more. We've sacrificed the relationship with our kids for more. And we want to justify it. And we're just into more. Well, if I get more of this or if I get more of that, then this is going to happen and this is going to be such a blessing. But that's not what it's all about. Your blessing was never meant to be about your stuff, your house, your car, your, car, your clothes, any of that. Your blessing, the blessed life, the hashtag blessed life is about his presence in you, not what's the clothes on you. In fact, it says this in Hebrews. The writer of Hebrews sums it up so well. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 says this. Keep your life free from Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. And how? How, how, how can we do that? Because we understand this invaluable priceless principle that Jesus said he will never leave us nor forsake us. 
That's what brings peace. That's what brings joy. That's what brings the fruit of the Spirit is being close to the Holy Spirit, that we understand the Holy Spirit doesn't love us based on our stuff. He loves us just based on us. And your blessing is in that he will never leave you nor forsake you. I did a study on just the blessed life and, and, and blessing and the word bless and blessing and blessed. And, and one translation of the New Testament, the ESV, the English Standard Version, it has 112 references with the word blessed, blessing, or blessed, but none of them are connected to blessing with material prosperity. There's no hint of material prosperity or perfect circumstances in the New Testament. On the contrary, blessing is typically connected with either poverty and trial or spiritual benefit of being joined by faith to Jesus. The Greek word translated blessed in these passages means to be fully satisfied. It refers to those receiving God's favor regardless of the circumstances. And so what is blessing then? What is this blessed life? What is scripture telling us that the blessed life is that when we're blessed, what does it mean? Because really, most of us, we have no idea what it means. It's not the stuff, it's his presence. Here's what it means. Scripture shows us that blessing is anything God gives that makes us fully satisfied in him. And a lot of times for you and me, that's the trials. A lot of times for you and me, that's the tribulations. That's the pain. Because it's at those moments, it's at those times that we learn to become fully satisfied in Him. Several years ago, we did a uh, mission trip to Haiti. We went, most of us remember the huge earthquake that happened and just devastated the country of Haiti. And we took a medical team and several of us over there. I know Kevin Kunkel went with us. And um, it, was a, it was an incredible, incredible trip. And they would let anyone help in like the medical, I shouldn't say anyone, they would let almost anyone help in the medical tent. And so I got to be a nurse for the day. And I even volunteered to look cute and put a skirt on. But, um, and some of you, I just insulted you and I did not mean to. Um, uh, but <laughs> the thought of me being a skirt insulted you. But um, I, got to, I got to be there and be like, hey, what do you need, Corey? And Kevin was in surgery, so they wouldn't let me in there. But um, one of my friends, he was checking people out. And I remember we saw so many kids and it was just a heartbreaking situation. We saw so many kids that were malnourished that there were several little tiny babies that just weren't going to make it because we couldn't get the nourishment to them. And, you know, Corey would just say, man, that, that one's not going to make it. It was heartbreaking. I remember seeing several orphanages of girls. They came in and these 12 to 8-year-old girls had sexually transmitted diseases because they had been raped over and over. And I remember walking out and it was, it was a long day. We were tired, and you're just dealing with heavy, heavy stuff. I remember walking over, and there's a chapel that they have, and there was a group of people in there worshiping. And I heard a song that I kind of recognized, but I, I, I couldn't, 
like put the tune in because they were singing in a different language. And so I asked our translator, I said, hey, why are all these people here in the middle of the day? And he said, well, all these people that are here are from church and their whole village got completely wiped out. They're living in tent cities. And almost every single one of them have either lost a spouse, a child, a sibling, or a mom and dad. And so we opened our chapel up for them to come in so they can have service. And literally right when he was done telling me that, I recognized the tomb. And with these hands raised, these Haitians are singing the song, all I need is you, Lord, is you, Lord. All I need is you. That's the chorus, that's it. All I need is you, Lord, is you, Lord. All I need is you. And I remember at the very end of their service, there was a, a guy that came up and he said, thank you so much for coming to my country. Thank, thank you so much for being here. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. It's, it's our privilege to come here. And he goes, well, I, he goes, I just want you to know. He goes, despite everything you see, I am so blessed. He goes, I have Jesus living inside of my heart and I've been reborn, so I have hope. That is the blessed life. That's it. And guys, we've missed it. We've bought into a myth of more that's not the blessed life. The blessed life is I have Jesus Christ and I've been reborn and no matter whether I have lots or I have very little, I have hope for tomorrow because of his presence. Jesus said this, and I'm closing with this. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter five, verse one through 12. We're gonna to skip to verse three. It says, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rope. When you got nothing else you can do, Jesus said, that's the blessed life. Because with less of you, there's more of God and his rule. You're blessed when you feel like you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. That verse was made so real to me after my mom passed away. You're blessed when you've lost what's most dear to you. All the potential, you, you, you thought your life, you're, you're blessed, Jesus says, when you've lost what's most dear. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. Only then can you be satisfied in Christ, in Christ alone, because all I need is you, Lord. All I need is you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink and the best meal you'll ever eat. You're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, you find yourselves cared for. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and heart put right, then you can see God in the outside world. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete and fight. That's when you discover who you really are 
and your place in God's family. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. It makes you satisfied in him. Not only that, count yourselves blessed every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you to discredit me. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort and they are uncomfortable. You can be glad when that happens. Give a cheer even for though they don't like it, I do. And all of heaven applauds and know this, you're in good company. My prophets and witnesses have always gotten into this kind of trouble. You're blessed when you're fully satisfied in him. When you can come to the place where you say, you know what? I don't like the situation. I don't like the circumstance. I've got anxiety, but you know what? All I need is you. Christ alone, that's all I need. When I learn to be completely satisfied in him, that's the blessed life. That's it, not the stuff. When I can learn to give because I realize it's more about giving than receiving, that's the blessed life. It, 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 it's, that's the blessed life. When you learn to be content with Christ and Christ alone, and you say, all I need is you. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for today. God, I pray right now in this place that you would help us. Because Lord, this isn't an individual problem. This isn't something that is just a few of us. Almost every single one of us struggle with this area of our life. Almost all of us have had this misconception of, man, that's a blessed life, that's a blessed life. But God, I pray that we would realize that the blessing is when our lives push towards you and we find our contentment not in what we have not in our job title not in relationships but man when we are sustained simply with you the things that push us closer to you God that's when we're blessed we're blessed when we've lost the potential when we've lost what's most dear when we've come to the end of our rope you said God you're blessed that's the blessed life and so Lord I pray this morning that our heart would be reset right now and that God we would come to this place in this moment that Lord we wouldn't look at the stuff as the blessing but we would look at your presence as the blessing Lord, it's not about how much we get. It's how much we give. Lord, that's the blessed life. That's what you're calling us to. It isn't to build great kingdoms for ourselves, but it is to be kingdom builders and to find our completeness and our wholeness, Lord Jesus, and just our identity, not in the stuff, but in your presence. God, I pray there's some of us, we've stressed ourselves out. We've put ourselves in financial hardship because we were seeking after the blessed life just to find out we've had our ladder on the wrong wall the whole time. God, I pray, speak to our heart. Because Lord, this truly, it's not a money issue. It is a heart issue. And let us learn to be satisfied with you. That Lord, we would learn something from this Haitian that we would look at and say, there's no 
away and we would have pity on them. And he says, I have Jesus Christ. I've been reborn and I have hope for tomorrow. Let us learn if we have you, we have enough. And we're blessed because you will never leave us nor forsake us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here today, you say just We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.